listening to The Edge, everything bass fishing, coming to you worldwide from MegaWing Kill Guard Studios. What is up, you all? Here we are back for more. That's right, more Bass Edge Radio. This December 1 edition. Man, it is coming to a close. That's right, 2023 is coming to a close. We got uh, one more episode after this December 1 show. It'll be on December 15th. And uh, man, I can't believe things are winding down so fast. We had a great Thanksgiving holiday here at Bass Edge Radio. I hope you all did too and, and are ready to start tackling this, this holiday season. Uh, man, it's it's going to be a fun one. A lot, lot of cool stuff going on. We've had a lot of changes, of course, in the bass fishing world. And, and uh, I don't know, total changes but but a lot of movement some different different things going on which we've seen a lot man just the uh the overall uh, what what I've seen lately is just the realization of the young anglers you young anglers out there doing so so well in this industry and and really that forward facing sonar being the catapult for a lot of young pros into the major tournament trails and even just you know, the AAA events just flooding to these fields and, and really having a good time out there fishing with this new technology. So, so good to see. Man, we haven't had any bass in action since the last episode um, when our feature angler was Ott Defoe. Man, we had a great interview with Ott. Uh, Ott spoke. Uh, <laughs> Ott spoke about, um, number one, he spoke about fall bassin man late fall bassin it was great to hear him again episode 412 if you haven't heard it go back check it out um get a lot of good little tidbits on how he likes to catch fish this time of year late fall moving into early winter of course shallow water fishing river fishing those were some of the the uh points of discussion there through that interview and and uh you know Ott gave his thoughts too obviously on the MLF Bass Pro uh, tournament that's tournament organization that he's fishing in 2024 and just kind of where where they've been uh, where he sees that platform and and you know kind of what he's excited about moving forward as well so if you haven't checked that out be sure and go back and look at the Ot Defo interview episode 412 and we had some great episodes previous to that John Garrett also a new elite series angler really fun to talk to he's going to be rookie next year on that Bassmaster Elite Series in 2024 Bass Edge as always brought to you by that's right. Mega Wear Keel Guard. Man, could not do it without Mega Wear here at Bass Edge Radio. Keel Guard, providing boat owners protection from grinding salt, abrasive rocks, concrete boat ramps. Man, don't go without having a keel guard on your vessel. Man, make sure, uh, tune up your rig this winter. Talked about it last episode. It's a great time to go to megawear.com. Check out the Flex Step. Really great product. Check out battery guards man i'm going to be running five lithium batteries in my boat next year first time i've gone all lithium I've played with some lithium on on the trolling motor side found a brand i'm really excited about really have a ton of confidence in and um the battery guard is going to help keep those lithiums protected in your boat man what an investment those things are but uh gosh they they last a long time lastly um you know the Scuff Buster, always a great addition and 
can't go without a skeg guard, especially when you're running shallow, fishing in some shallow waters. A skeg guard is always great. And all these products just put that little extra ding on your boat as well, man. It makes it look really spazzy, spazzaz, and it really lights it up. So uh, check check out those products from Megaware.com. Man, uh, there was a few announcements. Uh, the Bassmaster EQ anglers were announced. It's going to be a, a field of EQ anglers in the Bassmaster series next year. Of about 153 anglers is where they were sitting when they when they launched um, or, or talked about and discussed those anglers that are going to be uh, fishing for a position in the 2025. Bassmaster Elite Theory, Elite Series through those. Uh, you got some BBT anglers, man, that jumped into this thing. You've got um, um, former Classic champion Cliff Pace going to be fishing the Bassmaster EQ. You've got a two-time, I think he's two-time, maybe three-time Elite Series champion Mike McClellan. Other former leaders that were in the Bass Pro Tour, Russ Lane, Brent Height, Cody Meyer, Randall Tharp. Man, the field as Many, many other Elite Series anglers in there. Uh, I can't even name them all. But uh, th those are the newest additions to that Bassmaster EQ field um, that uh, are coming from the MLF Bass Pro Tour. Man, that's going to be a fun series to follow next year. They're going to do a lot more coverage. So it's going to be going to be cool to watch. And, and uh, man, the anglers that make it out of that field, phenomenal. The anglers that make it in any field these days, just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the amount of anglers out there fishing for big dollars in bass fishing. And, uh, man, you just got to freaking catch them. I feel like most of those anglers left, not because they don't like the MLF organization as much. Um, I think a lot of them are pretty happy over there. They've fished there for several years. I'm not saying all of them were, but uh, man, I, I believe the biggest thing is they wanted to stick with that five fish limit. They got a taste of that again last year when the Bass Pro Tour fished a five fish limit. And um, when, when the Bass Pro Tour announced they would go back to an all catch way and release format um, and, and a slightly reduced field for 2025, it looks like. Uh, from a qualifying standpoint, I feel like these these folks wanted to get back and have something fresh to do, and uh, that that's where they're sitting. But just announced a day or so ago, Bassmaster partners with Juan Bass. That's Western Outdoor Outdoor News publication out on the West Coast. Uh, the Juan Bass puts on the U.S. Open. They are the biggest organization and the freshest, I think, uh, organization out west. Billy Egan runs that series out there. They are moving to a five-event series next year, a full slate of events. Uh, they're going to be going to Lake Shasta, Clear Lake. Uh, then they're going to move down to Havasu, then Lake Mead. Those are going to be the four Juan Bass kind of regular season events, I guess you might call them. And then they're going to kick off or finalize the year with the uh, coveted U.S. Open there at Lake Mojave. But 25 anglers, like you have other regions in the Bass Nation series, are going to be qualifying for the Bass Nation National Championship next November. So super cool that Bassmaster kind of plugged into the West out there. It, it's honestly about time that happened again. MLF has done an awesome job of, of you know, kind of giving those Western anglers an, an excellent format with the Toyota series out there. So uh, props to MLF on always being in the West 
And, and, you know, good on Bassmaster for finally getting back out there and finding a way to kind of touch with those, those grassroots anglers and, and all the anglers out West through that uh, one bass series. So, uh, man, I'm going to be fishing that series next year. So I'm super excited about it. You'll be hearing a little bit more about that uh, as we move through uh, 2024 into the podcast. The first event is at the end of January, as I mentioned, Lake Shasta on the schedule there. I've never been to Lake Shasta. I am super excited to show you all what Lake Shasta is all about, what's going on out there in the West. And, um, you know, we're going to bring some highlights from those events right here on the podcast with Bass Edge Radio. Man, um, today, interesting. We've got on the program, I, I think it's the one angler, the one angler that moved or has moved from the Elite Series into the Bass Pro Tour voluntarily. Um, Keith Poche, man, he has had such a phenomenal, a really good record through his Bassmaster days, had some great tournaments through there, uh, you know, capped off several top tens through the Bassmaster Elite Series, almost one, one or two throughout his time that he fished the Elite Series. Then he went to the MLF when they developed the Bass Pro Tour, made the jump with those Elite Series anglers into the Bass Pro, Bass Pro Tour program, then fished the Opens, re-qualified for the Elite Series. So last year, he fished both. He, he tried to fish both the best he could. Again, scheduling with the two organizations, not copacetic. They never have been. Even from the FLW days to the, to the Elite Series days, they've very few times have they ever been copacetic. I can remember a couple years. You had guys like Randall Tharp. Uh, you you had, um, you know, even Gerald Swindle. You know, so, some of these guys were fishing both trails when it was available to fish a full series. Keith tried to do it last year, and he did a great job. He won an MLF event up there at uh, Lake Cherokee. He fished the Bassmaster Classic. He qualified for that the year before through the Opens. Man, we are going to have Keith Poche on the program as our feature angler spotlight, dialing in his decision-making process want to go back all in with MLF Bass Pro Tour. It's going to be fun to hear what Keith's got to say. What's going to be even more interesting about what Keith has to say is we're going to talk about some early winter fall bass. And Keith is a, what you might call a small boat guy, loves fishing shallow, loves getting up in the dirt. We're going to hear about how Keith likes to catch fish this time of year, staying with his strengths and how he is adapting his fishing to some of this forward-facing sonar technology, but staying true to his roots being successful up shallow. Man, um, I'm excited for this. Make sure you don't miss uh, Bass Edge Radio. Be sure to like and subscribe right there on YouTube. Make sure we are going to continue to listen, or you can listen to us through our audio prod podcast. Uh, you can download those as you always had through Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, um, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, all those places. We're still going to be there, but obviously we are on YouTube. This is our first year on YouTube. Been here since April. Matter of fact, Keith was our second ever interview here on Bass Edge YouTube. So uh, that is super cool to have him back. But listen up, guys. Um, I don't want you to go away. We're going to come back right after this break. We are going to have Mr. Keith Poche right here as our feature angler 
You know the importance of protecting your investments. So choose the protection the pros pick. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. The MegaWare Keel Guard is made tough and made to stick. Install it yourself in less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Insist on the original Keel Guard the pros have picked for 25 years. MegaWare Keel Guard. A rush of tournament adrenaline. Nitro, the choice of champion. Where performance meets play. Nitro, a big water beast. A pure fishing machine. Nitro, release the champion within. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Back to more Bass Edge Radio. Man, it is so good to be back in the studio. Really great to have this guy right here, man. Second time already. Keith Pochette being part of Bass Edge Radio. Keith, you got some sun shining on your face right there in Alabama. How's things yeah. going for you over there in that part of the country? Man, it's good. How about you, bro? I've been good. I've been you? doing real good, man. I appreciate you coming on this morning. Always been a great friend of the program. Can't can't appreciate that enough, man. Um, I was just telling uh, folks that uh, you were the second interview uh, that we did here on on the uh, Bass Edge YouTube side. You've had plenty of interviews here with Bass Edge in the past. You know, you've always. You always have a great outlook. You, you've got your own genuine outlook on the sport, whether it's through your style of fishing, you know, doing the small boat deal with the gator tracks and the backs of the creeks and, and uh, you know, watching you on the MLF selects just dominate a lot of those events throughout the past years. It was a, a lot of fun to watch coming from the Elite Series, being in the Bass Pro Tour. And, uh, man, you've got another – personal unique opinion we want to hear about on bass edge keith man I'm, I'm glad things are going good for you how was your holidays man it's been good busy though uh you know i don't get much time off these days so i've been working around the house mostly but you know hey i, I gotta make things interesting i kind of go against the grain a lot of, a lot of times i mean everybody's like scratching their head what is keith doing now like what is he up to why is he making those decisions but you know, I mean, I, I kind of look at things a little bit different than most folks. I kind of think outside the box, and maybe I make bad decisions sometimes. I think we all do, but uh, I try to, I try to look at it and put the best plan together for myself, my family, and my sponsors. So, um, you know, you just do what you do, and um, I, I've been, I've been on the right side of history most of the time. So, yes, hopefully, hopefully this time I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same. Well, just so that folks kind of get an idea of, of where we're, we're coming from, you know, the MLF Bass Pro Tour, extremely popular, um, you know, it's particularly when they came from the cups and select days, they started their own events. Keith, you decided to go from the Elite Series and, and kind of continue that merge into what MLF and the Bass Pro Tour was providing 
and uh, a lot of fun to watch over these last four years. The MLF Bass Pro Tour has been a been a unique, unique, a, a unique and interesting um, platform for anglers to fish at the top level in the sport. Uh, but you were able to qualify, go back, fish some of the elite events, which several BBT anglers have tried before. Just recently this year, Bobby Lane tried it, just missed it. We had Ishman Rowe you know, looking to switch over from the BBT to the Elite Series. But you were in a unique position of where you had qualified you for the Elite Series, fished the Elite Series in 2023, fished the MLF Bass Pro Tour in 2023. And, and now with a lot of anglers seemingly wanting to, some of the anglers wanting to move back to bass, Keith, you've made the move from bass and, and now all in with the MLF BPT tour. Man, what I want people to understand and, and really just kind of dive into this is, you know, what, what was the reasoning for that decision? When, when so many other people seem like it's progressing the other way, you, you're going kind of your own direction in this. Yeah, it's uh that's a good question. <laughs> I, you know, and, and let me tell you something, man, it, I definitely was the only one to really have have that opportunity um, to 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 go either way, right? Because I had qualified and and I put myself in position for those options and and for those chances. And you always want to keep yourself ha having multiple options, but you know it probably was probably the toughest decision I had to make in a long time, and I, it was not easy. I, right. I, Weigh, weigh both options, and ultimately, I, I, I'm staying with MLF. You know, that's that's where I've been for the past five years. Right. Um, I made a decision, you know, years ago to to follow this journey. And and don't get me wrong, I appreciate both leagues for the opportunity to to fish and and you know create opportunities for my career. Right. But ultimately, after looking at all the options and and looking you know, my style of fishing and, you know, different things. I felt like that MLF would, would be the better choice for me. Right. Um, just the way I like to fish, even though I, I would prefer the five fish, I still think that the, the time, the ride around time, the, the, the fact that MLF embraces my little boat, um, you know, I don't have to be back to weigh in. I have to rush back. Like, there's just a lot of things that I feel like that it enables me to be more successful doing what I like to do. Now, having ever, and that's kind of up for discussion on the five right. fish, every fish on my style. But I think that a lot of times these places I go, they have a lot of fish, but not a lot of big ones. Right. So I think that still can, is still going to play a factor. But let's also remember that this ain't, a home run even if it's five fish or everything what i do is not a guarantee <laughs> i got right. fish the main lake a lot of times and that's what people don't realize like i'm not i mean yeah i go try to find these backwater deals and but it's not always happening it's not Viable. always the deal right. for that that event so i have to right. revert to other options so with, with that being said you know me feeling like I felt, you know, the the whole scenario of the format and, and the way it fits my style, I feel like I'm going to be better off. Um, and, of course, you know, some other 
concerns. You know, I've talked to sponsors, you know, talked to family, and you know, there's just been uh, overwhelming. I would say overwhelming. I would say a more lean to fish MLF, and um, and probably one more reason. And I don't. I mean, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus or talk bad about anybody, but the fact of what happened at Bass this past year, you know, okay. with the disqualification, and I, I'm not. I don't want to talk bad about him. I don't want to. But I felt like I was getting picked on, you know. Like there was an extra spotlight on you that, okay, let's yeah. watch what he's doing with this small boat because we want to make sure. Or, or, or Well, you know. it's been going on for years, Kurt. Right. I, I can't tell you how many polygraphs I've taken, how many, for no reason, too. You know what I'm saying? Like just because some anger feels or thinks I'm doing something, like they run me through the, the reamer. To, the gauntlet, to the, right. I mean, it's what, it ain't just, hey, Keith, is it, this is this concern. No, I had to, like, they put me through hail and it's just it's and it's just been ongoing and i'm just like when is it going to stop i mean at at some point i just i finally told him just leave me the hell along and let me fish i mean right but it just i just and i don't know why they listen to these anglers and like for i mean the thing because none of it's true you know what i'm saying like everything that they accused me of was not even remotely close so I don't know, but I, after you know, so you didn't get didn't get the warm and fuzzy, more or less. You felt like the more warm yeah. and fuzzy was was with MLF rather than bass, and and you and you saw some of that even even this past season. So yeah, so I, I got to taste a little bit of. It. I had to, I had the opportunity to go back. We left five six years ago, right? The, the yeah. So let's tour. talk about that. You got eighty or. Uh, at that time, I want to say it was probably 65, 68 anglers that left BASS for, for a reason. I mean, yeah. everybody, I don't say everybody, but a lot of people left Bass to go to MLF. Now, you know, MLF made made some, uh, you know, had some aspirations to develop a new innovative uh, media platform that, you know, would grow the sport of bass fishing, which I think it has. Um, it, they, they've done things differently than than the traditional BASS uh, organization has, has operated. But uh, there was a reason why so many anglers left bass to go to MLF and, and start this Bass Pro Tour event series. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. Like, what did you see? You're one of the few anglers. I mean, there's others, Hackney, Christie, um, Iconelli, that, that have moved and morphed back into the BASS platform uh, from the MLF. But from your perspective, now you're going back to MLF, What have you seen changes, things turn around for the better from the organizational standpoint? What's your vision now that you've spent a year on both sides last year? Yeah, Kurt, I you know, after going back and seeing it. And, and when I requalified for the lease, everybody was like, oh, you just need to go back to the lease. You just forget about right. ML, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no, let, let me just, you know, I'm going to try to do both. Keep my, you know, don't don't close the door unless you absolutely have to. Right, right. But but with that said, is I, I was able, I'm, I'm, I was able to, to, to get a taste of what was before. And to be honest with you, man, Nothing has changed. It tastes Nothing. the same. <laughs> and, and, and I think and I think guys are going back to what they feel comfortable at. 
Right. And I think they're I think they're comfortable at Bassmaster. And then I, you know, MLF is making a lot of changes. I feel like they're changing too much. That's kind of turning people off. Right. Whatever. I mean, but I think guys are getting going to their comfort zone more than anything. And but, and but not that any not that any choice is a great choice then, right? No, it's it's really not. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain that that no no particular league is better off than any any other one. Right. Like they're both the same. Like there's nothing different. Like we're both we're both playing entry fees. They're they're, they're all their structuring is is the exact same. Like they're I don't see the benefit of being a part of either one. It's just flip a coin and decide where you want to be because. Right. You know, they both, you know, are, have live coverage. Both have a lot of fans. I mean, it's there's no benefit to either one. It's just where do you fit, fit feel more comfortable? Sure. Where do you feel like you fit in and want to be a part of? Because these leagues, I mean, especially Bassmaster, hasn't changed really in 50 years or whatever. I mean, it's the same old thing. We're probably one of the only sports that, that pay the entry fee we pay and have to deal with what we have to deal with. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. Like I, I, I don't think bass fishing, especially the tournament side of this whole deal, is built for the angler. Like it's it's not built to be angler friendly. I don't, and I don't know how we get there. I don't know what the answer is on how to make it better. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's a crapshoot on whatever whichever side you want to go on. It, right. it really doesn't matter. I think right. I think at the end of the day, you don't worry about what they do. You just worry about catching them. Worry about how can I be the most successful at, at yep. this game? Like just just get out of the weeds. Get out of worrying about who's what and this and that. Because really, they're they're not going to do anything different. They're going to continue their same business model that they've been doing for years. Because yep. apparently, that's working for them. But it's not working for the anglers, it's, and I and I kind of feel sad for for newcomers that that are wanting to get into this deal. And I think there's one young guy that you know he can't even hardly get a sponsor. Right, anyway. right. Yeah, there's been some light shed shed on some of those things, but I, I don't think that uh, you know if you asked a guy from that that was a rookie in 2023 versus a rookie that was in 2005 versus a rookie that was in 2000 or. 1995 you know it's been a lot of the same for newcomers you got to find your niche and there's no uh golden ticket you know once once you jump in that that's all of a sudden says you've arrived um unless you have already built a brand or platform prior to that that you've been able to rely on to generate income so you've got to have that piece of the puzzle and these organizations aren't like you mentioned built around uh, assisting an angler they are just a platform for the angler yep. that needs to to thrive through those through those processes yeah um man, very 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 cool good enlightening uh conversation there on on your decision and, and, and i, I want to add one more thing i would almost i would almost yeah. say that my sponsors get more out of me doing my off the grid and my social media than they do me right. fishing these leagues so i mean it really, I mean, it's not a bit, I, I, if it, perfect scenario, I quit fishing tournaments and just do off the grid videos. I mean, really, I mean, it's, <laughs> right, right. you become, you become an influencer like so many other YouTubers. That, that I mean, that's what it's all about. That's what these companies care about. I mean, but I like but the you, competition. Yeah. So. And if you can add them both together, then, yeah. then you have a, a stronger, a stronger platform. So, you know, yeah. one, one thing that we didn't discuss yet too is, is the platform that the BBT 
is going to provide anglers that continue to requalify for it. You know, we, we talked in the, our last episode that they originally announced it's going to be 50 anglers qualifying for the 2025 MLF BBT tour or Bass Pro Tour. But um, we, we hear rumblings that it's probably going to shift to a 65 angler field after some, you know, continued discussions between MLF and anglers and maybe what's a little bit what's good for both parties. So having a smaller field like 65, when you go back to the elite series that has 100, 105 anglers, it really does give you a more focused platform on anglers that are performing well within that system, doesn't it? Yeah, I agree. And I think that's a, that's a smart move um, for MLF to, to shoot towards, to, to eventually get to. Um, you know, our industry is so small that it, it almost needs to get to that. I would even say it, it needs, needs to, to be, be more of a peak at the top, right? Right. I think it needs, needs to be one league. Uh, whether it's MLF, Bass, Master, or they merge later in the, you know years down the road, but I, that'd I be think, a perfect world. Yeah, I, I think it needs to be a fifty-man, you know, something small, and a one-league deal, just like you have the the NFL or NBA. I mean, you don't have several NBAs or NFLs. You got one league, and I think when everything's focused on one, then everybody benefits the the right. leagues, the anglers. I mean, it's just it's just a good scenario. So, uh, but but you know, to add to that. Uh, I don't, you know, I think MLF is moving towards that, that, that structure, but I, I just, I, they were wanting to cut it all down in one year. And I, I was just, <laughs> right. I was against the, the rush and the way they were going about getting there. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of left some, some guys out in the cold, some anglers out in the cold that didn't really maybe, uh, you know, didn't, didn't have a target to shoot for. Uh, whereas if they do it maybe over a couple of years or, or yeah. in a slower format, like you're talking about, then then at least it's more palatable for the for the anglers that are involved in the system um, yeah. rather than just, you know, kind of cutting right. some folks off at the net. Um, you, you mentioned let's talk about just the perception from the tours. You mentioned when you qualified for the elites, you had lots of social media chatter about. Um, you know, hey, yeah, just go back to Bass, you can fish the Elite Series. You don't see that as much on social media about, hey, yeah, you're, you're going to go back to the BBT and go, go into that direction full time. Look to Bobby Lane, for example, you know, he tried to qualify for the Elite Series last year, uh, just missed the opportunity, had a Red Crest, uh, you know, scenario where he could come back to fish the BBT in 2024. And so that's what he's opted to do. Why is it, and what is the MLF? from your perspective, have to do to kind of get that fandom uh, positive energy movement going uh, again. I think we had that or MLF had that in the selects and cup days. People were ate up with that, man. They loved it. They watched the elite series pros, but yet they saw these special events that MLF was Mm -hmm. putting on constantly. But now that MLF has a regular tour, you're not kind of seeing that same, energy of love for, for them. What did they have to do to kind of recrowl the fan base and get some more positive energy moving? Yeah, I, I think that MLF had something really special when it was the cup select format. You know, of course, you and I fished, Kurt, years ago. Sure. Hell, we was the original select group that started the selects. Right. Uh, when the MLF gave us that option and, you know, that was a new, exciting way, and it was different, and and it was built for TV. It was built to be watched, and I think that 
since MLF has started the Bass Pro Tour, has gotten away from that, you know, suspense, not knowing where you're going. And, right. You know what I'm saying? They, they kind of lost their edge. They kind of lost their, their little niche. And they've kind of went streamlined like every other <laughs> tournament league. So it, 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 it would have to get back to that point, uh, in my opinion. I think it would need to get back to that format of, not knowing where you're going and you just, they throw you out on the, the water and everybody's kind of, it's hard to, it's, it's reality TV. It's hard to create yeah. that in a, in a regular season event. So me personally, if, if MLF would get back to that old style, 100%, they, they would, their numbers would go tremendously up in my opinion. So, and, and, and there again, you know, guys are going back and forth trying to, you know, qualify here go there it goes back to what i was saying it's just another league and, right. and where right. you fit in i mean nobody's really excited either way like it's I, just you know i remember excitement the most exciting times i can remember on the elite series is every time we went to a new venue every time we had done something that we that, that the organization hadn't done in the past similar to what you're talking about with mlf and the selects and the cups um you know but the first time we went to waddington it was giant crowds, huge small mouth, of course, help, but it was a new venue. The first time we went to Orange, Texas, not big bass, but giant crowds because it was somewhere new. When we went to the Delaware River in Philadelphia in Wade right there, like Penn Station area or right there on the river, huge crowds. And, yeah. and every time we did something new, that would excite a fan base in the territory because they hadn't seen professional bass fishing come to their backyard. And, yeah. and I feel like MLF really has that opportunity, specifically moving into this smaller field format going into 2025 with 50 or 65 or whatever it ends up being. But if they can get on some smaller um, impoundments or go to areas that just the organizations have not been to yet or haven't been to in forever, then, you know, they'll see some more of those crowds. What's your opinion on my thought process there? Absolutely. I think that is, um, and that MLF has that accessibility. The only downside is it's not a fan built attendance on, on your own site. Right. Uh, MLF, but I think know. fans will come to those events because they've never had an opportunity to be to an event, even though it's not the traditional fan scenario, you still have the post game interviews and, and, and some of these yeah. things that occur when people get off the water or, just folks wanting to come see their yeah. their favorite anglers, right? I, I would I, I would say the the next the one on the MLF next year would be that Chowan Chowan River, yes, down in North Carolina. I mean, yes, I've never heard of that place before until this this year since yes. when the schedule come out. So they had a yeah, BP yeah. Top 100 there ages ago in Bassmaster, but really? that's the exactly yeah. Denny Brower won the tournament. Yes. Um, really? Yeah, wow. there was the bat. I think it was either the I think it was the top 100 days. You have to you have to somebody have to fact check me on that. It was either top 150 or top 100 days, but it was in the late 90s, uh, maybe even like 2000. But anyway, they they have actually been to that fishery before. It was a one time shot, but but they've been there before. Yeah, but th I think that's what keeps it fresh, keeps it interesting. So yeah, good stuff there. Uh. What one other you know kind of thing I wanted to touch base on before we get into 
how to catch bass, which which is, uh, you know, our route. Uh, of course, there's no tournaments going on this time of year, so it's hard to kind of highlight some guys on some recent catches and things that they've done. But we, we still like to break it down here, of course. You know, there's still some folks that aren't a deer stand out there fishing. So we want to we want to give them some tidbits on how to catch some. But, you know, lastly, with this organizational deal um, and just your choice of, of where to fish, you know, moving forward. What, what do you feel like is is, um, you know, your final thoughts on on just, you know, kind of squashing this thing and getting over the mishmash of where people are fishing this, that and the other? What do you mean? Like as far as what? Yeah, just your final thoughts on on um, you know excitement for next year, things that you see moving forward that that Keith's going to be able to capitalize on with MLF and the Bass Pro Tour. Yeah, you know, I feel like that. Um, you know, I'm trying to align myself with 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 the best guys, and and I feel like there, there's great anglers on both leagues, right? But you know. Guys like Wheeler, Ot Defoe, and um, Skeet Reese, Edwin Evers. I want to be a part of that group. I want to be. That's a traditionalist group, right there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and I just I want to I want to be even you know, and I know they're cutting the numbers, and and of course you know we've negotiated with the league on on not going as drastic and kind of slowly moving into this fifty man field in a couple of years. So I just want to. And I'm and I'm on the chopping block, really. My average is not the greatest, so I mean, but I want to, I want to fish with the best to feel like I'm gonna be be a part of the best. You know what I'm saying? Like I just I don't I want to I want to stay in that on that side. I'm either good enough to hack it or I'm not. I mean, right. that's just the way it is. And you know, I can land somewhere, but whether you fish with the Elite Series or MLF, I mean, really, it's it's up to you and 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 what you feel is going to be the best for your career, for your spouse right. and family. And you just have to run with it. I mean, guys have their favorites and, you know, you just got to go with it. Uh, MLF's mine. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to continue doing what I do, the little boat scenario. I feel like MLF <laughs> embraces it. Um, so it's just, it's just something that I've decided to do and, and to run with. It's interesting you mentioned, you know, the kind of traditionalist. You you hear about, uh, you know, when, when a guy made the Elite Series, you know, six, seven years ago, it was, man, you know, I'm, I'm fishing against Kevin, Kevin Van Dam. I'm, I'm fishing against Skeet Reese. I'm fishing against, you know, Rick Klein, Edwin Evers. You know, you hear a lot of these names that have been copacetic and just kind of the highlight of, of what bass fishing was when they grew up maybe in the nineties or eighties. And, and, and a lot of those guys were still fishing at that time. And, and there's still a lot of them fishing now. And they, a, a, a big majority of them are at the MLF bass pro tour. So it's interesting that kind of played in your factor as well from a traditionalist. I mean, you're, you're well over 40. I don't know, 45, 50 here. You're, you're, you're starting. Where, where are you oh, at? 40. Forty-two. So, but but so you. There's my point right there. You look scruffy today. That's why I say baby. <laughs> but anyway, you don't have that baby face cut like yeah. I got. But <laughs> my point being is, when you grew up and you watched, there's still most of the people that you watched and and kind of idolized or or uh, you know kind of fanboyed their career maybe a little bit are all 
fishing the MLF BBT or at least a majority of them. So it's interesting how that is kind of the more traditionalist. And now the elite series, you look at the qualifiers this year, Keith, it's crazy. There's, I think it's one angler over 30 years old that qualified to fish the elite series in 2020. Everybody else is 29 and less. And you got Trey McKinney. That's 18 years old qualified to fish the elite series. I mean, dude, I mean, you would have never had that experience was always, yeah. A a a factor in an angler's success, especially visiting new lakes and, and doing all these new things. But now with media and specifically forward-facing sonar and how the young anglers have really grasped and gravitated toward that technology and gotten so good at it. Let, let's go there. Do you think there's more forward-facing sonar? fishing going on on the elite series because of the age difference versus the age difference on the Bass Pro Tour, you know, if you take it from an angler average age standpoint? You know, I I would say, yeah. I mean, it's just the fact that that's what we're going to. But a lot, a lot of guys are using on both leagues. Sure. Uh, it, it's, you know, the technology we have, it's 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 evolving and, and it's changing bass fishing. Yeah. You take the, the Alabama rig, for instance, it come out years ago and it was like the, the greatest thing ever. And it changed the way guys fished, the, the way they target bass. And now the, the, the forward face, facing sonar, which live scope, the Garmin live scope with the one I use, but it, it's amazing what you can do and, and how you can break down a body of water and the things you can see that you normally didn't see before. I mean, I, I remember just using 2D. Like, I mean, there was you <laughs> seen it underneath the boat and you didn't see it. I mean, right. So I think guys are getting really good at that. They're learning how to how to find these fish and how to to to, to the right baits to cast to them to catch them. Uh, I'm not the expert live scoper, uh, but I plan on you know taking some time this off season to learn it just because it's, it's a part of, it's a part of the equation now. Right. Right. I right. mean, it's, it's just not throwing a, you know, a jig down uh, on a, on a, some brush or flipping up, you know, a Berkeley pit boss on a lay down going down the bank. I mean, it, it's, you, you have to, when, when that, when my back's against the wall and I've got to perform, like I said, I, not always is the, is the backwater, you know, jumping stuff working. You have to revert and, and do things and be versatile. So I'm going to take some time to, to learn this, get it freshened up on a little bit of it and figure out how can I sharpen my skills on, on live scope. Very cool. As far as moving forward on what, you know, will happen with this, I, I, I don't know where, where do you draw the line on regulating yeah. this. I know some talk about that what, you know does this go away do they ban it do they did i think at some point you have to regulate it every sport has regulations and you can't use certain things and uh i think it has to be regulated at some point because the technology is going to continue to get better which is right. a great thing but yeah. you have to you have to keep it a sport i mean you have <laughs> right, to keep right. it challenging that's the whole part of the sport when you make it too easy then you know it's really not that interesting yeah, yeah, that, that's a great point. We're going to talk about that in, a, in the second half of our interview. We're going to also talk about how maybe the format with all you can catch, weigh, and release kind of maybe leans more to that forward-facing sonar technology and, um, you know, kind of, kind of talk about that process and how you are going to incorporate this program and continue to develop 
uh, your knowledge through that, but still keep true to your roots. So it's going to be fun to listen. Y'all stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more Bass Edge Radio after this message. Our future angler spotlight MLF. 100%. Keep poche. We'll be back right after this. Come on, man. Let's roll. What the? To catch the fish, you need to be one with the fish. With PowerPole shallow water anchors, you'll get the ultimate in precision, power, and control so you can catch more fish. No face paint or phony fins necessary. Excessive shock and vibration are two leading causes for premature battery failure. Prolong the life of your batteries with the new MegaWare Battery Guard. The Battery Guard sits under your battery and absorbs excessive vibration and bounce, reducing G-Shock by up to 80%. Great for boats or anywhere shock and vibration can damage a battery. The Battery Guard can easily be trimmed to fit virtually any custom shape or battery size. Save money by protecting your batteries. Spend more time on the water and less on maintenance. Find yours at MegaWare.com. All right, guys, we're back, back with Keith Poche. First, let me give a quick shout-out. Man, this portion of the show brought to us by Bass Pro Shops, reminding you that we all live downstream. Here we go, Keith, man. We're we're talking bassing in the second half of the interview. How are you going to catch them? Dude, we all know you're a shallow water expert, man. How do you like to go about, you know, finding quality bass in this early winter time frame here we are december 1st dude we i mean the year's almost done right but but uh we're still getting out there bass and some people have filled deer tags by now right <laughs> so, so yeah. it's time to get back on the lake man what do you do in this time of year early december you, you you're southern alabama right you're you're yeah. just right around that montgomery area where you where you're living right now what's going on in your neck of the woods how you catching bass Man, it gets tough. You know, it's, it gets tough everywhere this time of the year. You know, fish is just getting cold. The fish are getting lethargic. I mean, the water temperature dropping. I mean, but there's still a, a little bit of that fall bite going on. You know, typically down here, um, the fish are generally shallow. They stay shallow year round. You know, okay. just the Alabama River, uh, different places like that where the water's a little bit has a little color in it. Um, you know, some of those backwaters, some of those creeks, but they're going to start transitioning closer to some of that deeper water, getting close to it, not really in it. Um, so maybe some channel swings uh, and some creeks, you know, that's got a little deeper water, maybe some bluff, bluffy banks. Right. Uh, throwing, you know, a general or a shaky head or, or a little jig that, that, you know, just something slow, something that's, um, that's not too fast. That's going to, you know, they, they're just, they, they're not as aggressive as they were, you know, a month ago, but, but still going to eat. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a tough time of the year. You know, some starts, you know, gravitate to some brush piles a little bit further out, but uh, that's just not my deal, but I will do it when it, when it, when I have to, but uh, man, just slow down. That's the deal. And, you know, we'll have these warm days, you know, even though it's deep, you know, we're getting close to December. Right. And on you're gonna have some warm days. And those fish are gonna get a little more active. They're gonna pull up, find some find some dirty water that's gonna warm up a little bit more. 
that when that sun sun starts hitting it, it's gonna it's gonna generate some more heat. So those are the key spots like that. Those are the transitions. You know, maybe some rock, finding some some rock banks that's gonna warm up. Anything that you that that was gonna generate heat, even pontoons. Like I, I try to look for like some docks, you know, floating pontoons that that, that black that black plastic right. those fish bend around that kind of stuff, and uh, you know, throwing a little jerk bait or or a little swim bait around that. I, you know, I do throw a swim bait every once in a while, a little old paddle tail. <laughs> but um, it, it, it's it's a good killer. That's this time of the year. But uh, but yeah, man, it's always tough. You, you you're you're scrapping for a bite a lot of times, wondering. Um, but the off the grid deal, and I'm just gonna add this one more thing. Though. Sure, the sure. Off the grid deal. I get back in places, the little backwater ponds that them fish can't go anywhere. So I mean, you get in there. I mean, you just they 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 they're just on the bank. I mean, you just you just go down the bank wherever you can get it, get a cast in, because they're they're not going to leave. They're there year round. They live in those places. So, uh, so do you yeah. feel like when you get to these unpressured areas, when when you're able to get off the grid, get you know, like we saw you get behind the dam at at, uh, at Cherokee in that in that zone, and and you can get to these special areas, what what I call them, you know areas that are less pressured do you find that they're just even more apt to bite even though you might be dealing with uh uh less than prime conditions you know during this time of year you say the bike's tough but when you when you get to those areas that are less pressured do you feel like you can hit a gold mine in that deal and that they'll bite even though the conditions aren't perfect yeah a lot of times uh just because they're fresh they haven't been messed with uh, they they may be more apt to 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 react to a bait versus, you know, main lake stuff that, you know, it's getting a lot of boat traffic, a lot of noise, a lot of, you know, a lot of pressure. Uh, but still, you know, the, the conditions do play a factor. Like I said, you, you've got to, you've got to make some adjustments on how you tack them. Uh, for instance, at Cherokee, you know, if, you know, the way I was catching them on the, the Berkeley hollow belly, right. you know, I may you know, slow down and throw like a jig or, <clears throat> or a shaky head or something, something, Something that will slow down, get down, and be in be in that zone a little longer. Um, that that they don't have to go chase, and um, because they're just gonna they're just gonna move a little slower. So, yeah, I mean they're still there. They're still gonna bite. You just may have to change the, your 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 bait selection, and, and and it's just a process of elimination a lot of times. Right. You talked about bait selection. You talked about jig, shaky head, smaller paddle tail stuff. You know, this time of year, do you feel like profile is a big deal? If you do, which which way are you leaning? Are you a small bait guy? Do you feel like that's the way to go this time of year? If so, why bigger baits? Or, or how, how do you determine what's the best scenario when maybe you're not able to generate as many bites because of the behavioral pattern of the season? So, yeah, I mean, I think downsizing is always a plus, uh, but you're going to catch a lot you know, a lot more smaller fish, <clears throat> but I think you still have that chance of catching those big ones as well. Bigger baits, you know, you probably get less bites, but you know, the reward could, could be a lot greater for you. Um, it, it's just a, a, a part, a part of a location, I think more than anything, you know, what okay. part of country you're in, uh, what type of, you know, are you at Gunnersville or you're on the Alabama river? I mean, it's hard to decide. It's, it's a, it's a case by case situation on where okay. you are. If, you know, if I'm fishing that Alabama River, I'm probably going to throw something smaller, probably a little uh, like, like a little three inch Berkeley pit boss 
Uh, yeah, they're again, like a, a, a Berkeley general, something small, sleek, slender, you know, just, just really kind of finessey looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that's going to generate more bites and that potential bigger bite as well. But if I go to a Gunnersville or something, I'm probably going to upsize just a little bit. Um, just, you know, or, or stay with a normal size, but I'm not going to downsize any because I feel like it's got the, the amount of bigger fish up in that area gotcha. to where I'm trying to, I'm trying to put myself in a position to catch a big fish if I'm in a turn or something to, to get those big bites to, to get where I want to be. But, uh, so yeah, it's just really location, um, right. really hard to, to say a hundred percent, but, um, but typically I'm going to lean to, to downsizing. Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned Gunnersville. I've heard some chatter that man, Gunnersville is really starting to kick them back out again. And there's some 30 pound bags this fall being wow. caught and, and winning tournaments up there at Gunnersville. So that that's uh, awesome to see that, that Gunnersville is returning to some of its uh, glory as it was in the past. But, um, uh, you know, you talked about in the first half of the interview working on forward facing sonar. I don't think I'm probably going to see Keith Pochet sitting out in the middle of the river channel firing off Demiki rigs or, or jig head minnows at bait balls. It may happen. I'm not sure, but it's going to be fun to see how that might transpire. And I, and I know you've caught fish like that before, obviously, but how will you incorporate your style of fishing and merge forward facing sonar into that? Is it something where you just run, run out there and, and just start, start scanning or do you see yourself with a plan or a comfortability level in using that technology in some way that still leans toward your traditionalist approach of shallow water bassing? So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to work on my live scope uh, skills this off season. Uh, make sure I'm, I'm set up right. You know, that's the thing, you know, knowing that you get your, your units are, are in the best working condition, far as the settings and what what to look for what what does a bass look like versus a carp or a gar so i mean just knowing those few little details i think is going to help me tremendously but overall a lot of times when i'm using live scoping it and i use it in shallow water is is to find those subtle little stumps that's right off the bank maybe a rock or a little drop or because a lot of times the fish ain't like so tight to the bank. They don't want a piece of structure right off. So I'm not necessarily looking for the fish. I'm looking mm-hmm. for structure. I'm looking for something to cast to. And a lot of times that makes the difference and finding a little pattern and, and seeing those stumps out there and just casting to them without getting my boat on top of them and knowing exactly where they are instead yeah. of just fan casting. So it definitely does help me break it down, make more accurate casts, be more efficient and, you know, do what I need to do in these, in these backwater situations, but man, I'm going to get out off the bank. I'm going to try it as well. I'm going to get out there in that 20 foot. If it, if it calls for that to, to, to go out there and, and throw a, a the, the, the dynamite rig, or whatever, <laughs> whatever I have to do to catch them. <laughs> man, that's going to be fun. That's, that's cool. Do you feel like, um, you know, as as the trending of the technique continues, uh, you know, the, the forward facing sonar, the all you can catch weigh and release. Do you, you know, h- how's that going to affect 
the overall Bass Pro Tour approach to the 2024 season as you go from five, the best five back to all you can catch when release, because just the difference in a couple years is huge. Uh, you know, this really 2020 shot up out on the scene, 2019 a little bit. So man, we're only three years into this thing. It seems like the transition has happened tremendously fast, faster than any technology there's been, even with, um, you know, side scan, it took longer for people to adapt and understand and utilize that technology efficiently. This seems to be happening a lot quicker. Yeah, it's, uh, it is. And, you know, I, I think that this transition going back and forth, it, it's going to, guys are going to rely on it a lot more um, to, you know, find groups of fish, school fish. But if you, you take Cherokee's one-on-one this past year, for instance, I mean, there's guys live scoping down the lake. Right. And if you go back and look, I'm almost certain that no matter, I would have won that tournament anyway, whether it was every fish or five fish, because I was just catching a lot more fish and I wasn't live scoping. I, you know, I, I couldn't up there in that, in that shallow water. You just had to down. keep yourself off the rocks. <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to stay, I was just trying to stay afloat and without falling in water. But it, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to matter. I think guys are going to, they're, they're looking for a bite. And, and, there, and there again, it, it depends on the minimum size because they, 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 they rate that weight depending on where we go. You know, it may be a, a one and a half pound minimum, maybe a two pound minimum. You know, depending on what they put that at, what would determine on the amount of fish that's going to be weighed, the, the, the way a guy's attacked the, the, the lake. Right. Uh, but I think there's still something to say about going shallow and just getting in the dirt and, and catching fish, man. And and if you look at our schedule, our schedule lines up to where I feel like live scope is not going to play a lot of times. You know, you look at that Chowan River. I just, I think, you know, Cypress Trees, Backwater, um, the James River. I mean, that's going to be, you know, in the dirt. I mean, just crazy stuff. I mean, there's a lot of places that, that live scope, I don't think really is going to play that much. It's just going fishing, but there is a couple that I'm going to have to, to rely on it. I, I feel like, and, and, and see what I can do, but right. You know, it's just going to depend on, you know, what that minimum weight's going to be each event. Right. 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 Let's get back into a little bit more fall fishing. Uh, you talked about, you know, hitting some rocks, some warming trends, maybe some areas of dirty water. Maybe it sounds like a little bit less current is, is going to be a part of that process as well. As we move into the latter part of December, you know, you get into Christmas, the first of the year. Um, in Florida, the first of the year, things start turning into a pre-spawn spawn phase. How will the dead of winter, you know, that late – late December, early, early January timeframe affect your shallow water techniques. Are you still relying on that when you go out fun fishing, enjoying a day on the lake um, that th this time of year? And what is your approach through that process? Yeah, I mean, it definitely, I mean, it's the dead of winter, it's cold, but I, you know, I can, I, I fish every New Year's day. And okay. I, I take that, that's a girl. tradition. Yeah. Yeah, I take my little girl out last few years, and I got a little spot on the river that we slip in, and it, and it's doesn't get fished a whole lot because you can't get a big boat in there, but it's always full of fish. And 
I catch him on a spinner bait on stumps. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, so like like I said, there's always fish that's gonna live shallow. And you know, depending on where you are in the country, uh, and if it ices over or not, but I mean, if you further you go north, the, the more you know, a little deeper they'll get and suspend. And even though they're not they're not in deep water, they're they're underneath the ice. You know, I hear stories of guys cutting you know holes in the ice and catching bass. So right, the right. the fish are right there. I mean, it's not like they go to twenty five foot of water. It, 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 they're still relating to those 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 shallow areas, but maybe to some deep water access. And you, but you know, down in Florida, you know, I, I was at Okeechobee one year. I can't remember what year it was, but it's, it was like the first of December and I was bed fishing. Right. So it just depends on where you are in the country, weather, um, patterns. weather patterns, what's happening. But yeah, I mean, I typically still fish shallow and, and, and find these fish, maybe not as many or they're not going to be as aggressive, but you still going to find them shallow in certain areas for sure. Very cool. Very cool. Sounds like a lot of fun. I love that spinnerbait bite. You know, uh, they, they did a little bit of breakdown on some of the most productive techniques in, in uh, a tournament series this year and a spinnerbait, which let's face it, over the last five years, we ain't heard a whole lot about blade baits, right? About well, I say blade baits, about spinnerbaits. But man, it was like the fourth bait outside of like drop shotting and bladed jig and i think that there was one other technique before you got to the spinner bait but man it was top five in the year what what is going on with that you think it's just like a shad spawn deal that had a bunch of tournaments this year in april may and june and that's why it fired off or or do you think some of these older techniques are starting to come back into the fold for for particular reasons yeah, I think some baits just are true, tried and true, man. They just work year in and year out. I mean, just like a a, a general or, you know, a Cinco-type, you know, soft plastic stick bait. I don't care where you go in the country. That thing has worked for years. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that, that some baits just continue to work just the way they're built, the way they're designed. You take a spinner bait. You can throw that thing in the thickest stuff. I mean, and pull it through scattered grass, through laydowns. I mean, it's just the where you can put that bait is is just amazing. And I think that that's the difference a lot of times on how and we, we 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 look at situations in certain circumstances. It's a, it's about a lot of time presentation. Mm. And and the where you can put that bait for that for it to work properly and and and, and draw that fish. So. And I think a spinner bait is so versatile as far as that. If the fish are, you know, fairly shallow, you, you right. can put it in so many places to draw that fish and, and to and to get that fish to react to it. Because a bass is an opportunist. I mean, they, they if they see something, it's a reaction. They want to eat it. That their, their genetics are engineered for them to lash out at something like that. So putting it in those places, I think it it makes your your chances and your percentage go higher on getting bit. So it's it's a lot about the choice of bait and where you can put it a lot of time versus really, you know, if you could take a, I don't know, let's say a, a jig or football head, I mean, whatever. If you can right. put that same bait in that area, I think you would get a bite as well. It's just what you can fish the most efficiently in that situation. Gotcha. Gotcha. I want to hit one more thing before I let you go. And uh, you talk about the general a lot. That, that's a that's something that you lean on. A lot of perception 
with, you know, that style of stick bait, you know, Senko, General, uh, Yum Dinger, wh whatever it is, you know, they, they, you think about, you know, Texas rigging it or, or a lot of, a lot of people just wacky rig it, weightless, Nico, whatever you particularly lean heavily. And I, and I, and I know this because I've seen you on live with it a lot and, and I've seen you have a ton of success with it, but you use it on a shaky head a whole lot. And, and obviously there's other anglers using that, that style of technique, but why is the general on a shaky head so productive for you? And, and, and why is it, you know, one of those lures that you're always probably going to see on the deck of Key Pochette? Yeah, you think of shake, you say, I say shaky head a lot of times and they think, oh man, he's finesse fishing with, you know, spinning <laughs> rod. No, I'm using a, a 7.3 Fenwick, you know, 7.3 heavy Fenwick rod with Abu Garcia 8 to 1, gear ratio 15 pound test, Berkeley trialine, I mean, 5 16 ounce shaky head, head. I mean, I'm, and then, you know, a five inch general, like it's, it's right. a power fishing deal. And I, I have that bait tied on 100% of the time. I have made a living on that bait. Um, I have yet to see another angler have that particular bait tied on. I, I mean, maybe they do. I just haven't seen it, but I haven't, I don't think I've seen We're it. Giving out, dude, I appreciate you giving out all the secrets right here, but yeah, I've seen I mean, it on your, I've seen it so much well, on your deck. Like you said, you have it on there 100% of the time. Why is this dang thing so freaking effective? Set up the way that you set it up. I think I think it's almost like an oversized Ned rig. I think, and I, I don't know why guys are having a hard time figuring that out. And which I don't, I tell people they still don't do it. But right. uh, but I think you're able to fish it in in a lot more different places. You can cover a lot of because it's heavy. You can fish it shallow and deep really quick. I mean, I catch fish in 20 foot on out of brush piles on it. I, I skip around docks. Uh, I, I throw it on rocky banks. I, 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 dude, I fish this thing everywhere. As long as it's a hard bottom, it's not muck, you know, shell bar in Florida, shell bed, like, you know, black and blue with a black head. Like, there, there's so many ways you can fish this thing. And I, it, I just, and I'm able to fish it a power, uh, a power setup. Like, I don't have to worry about light line and breaking off and all Same that. I mean, eight, I'll, eight, I'll throw that thing right, right. right. I'll, I'll flip it in a lay down and pull it out of a treetop, a fish out of a treetop. I mean, when I caught that fish off the dock, that seven pounder in that MLS event. Yeah, Chickamauga, uh, right? I remember that. that. It was on that bait, that particular bait, the same exact setup. And that, that fish come out about 15 foot of water. So, man, I just think it's so versatile. You can, and you can throw it in a, a six inches of water. You can throw it in 20 foot, like, and you can work it from six inches to 20 foot. And you can work it fast. I think it's just a it's just a versatile bait that you can fish all different uh, type uh, water depths. And I, I I just set myself up and and the percentage wise of getting bit goes way up the way I fish it. Very cool. Well, I, I think it's definitely uh, appreciate you sharing that number one. But uh, I think it's definitely something you know Bass Edge listeners need to need to look at. Man, it's such such an effective bait, and and I can see it even you know lightening up that jig head using it you know with forward facing sonar. Uh, there's a lot of applications even you know th that expand into this new technology with with that style bait. We we talked about it last episode. The uh, Chad Mrazek that won the Toyota championship, you know, he was using a really small jig with a little Ned rig style bait, but it really made me think of your style of fishing and how you can incorporate 
Keith's favorite bait, this jig head general in, in that same functionality. So it's, it's just so daggum versatile. I think everybody needs to take a look at it. And I appreciate you sharing that Keith, man. I don't want to keep you too much longer. I thank you so much for kind of breaking down your decision about how you are a hundred percent with MLF and Bass Pro Tour in 2024, man. We wish you the best of luck. We're going to continue watching you always when you're on camera dude you always make fishing exciting and fire people up to go hit the water that that's the best thing i love about you, the nature well of your I, I try to have fun man yeah. and look, we we're very fortunate to do what we do and i, I try to make the most of it I, i'm really thankful to be in my my position and I'm kind of disappointed in you, Kurt, though, because <laughs> come on, you, what you you said you said I was the second second person to ever come on your show. I'm kind of disappointed I wasn't the first. So, <laughs> well, you're the second in the YouTube era. Of Bass oh, okay. Radio. I think, dude, you've been on the show quite a few times nah, now. We, I mess you with been. you. No, man, it's it's great because you've had great success and you're you're so candid. Man, there, there's no secrets with you. That that's what I really like. And and you talked about the, um, you know, like, like I say, the decision. What kind of really broke that down? How you felt? You know, there's been some, you know, outside influences that have affected how maybe an organization looks at you or is scrut scrutinize your style of fishing, your way of fishing, and. Uh, Man, you're just doing your thing. That, that's what I love the most. Man. Where, where can people catch off the grid? And, and do you have anything that's going to be dropping here over the next couple months that people should be on the lookout for? Yeah, man. You go to my YouTube uh, channel, Keith Pochet. It's off the grid. Um, I have not filmed one recently. Uh, man, I, I need to get on that. And there's something that's coming really big. Uh, I'm working with a sponsor, uh, Pure Fishing, Berkeley, Abu Garcia, Fenwick. Um, for the first year, we're going to have a, a, a pretty cool deal coming out. So you guys stay tuned for that. It's going to be pretty exciting. We so, catch it yeah. on your social best way to catch that. Yeah. Go to, go to, yeah. Go to Keith Poche, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at all. Right. Yeah. We, we're going to be putting it out. So hopefully I can get a, a new off the grid episode up soon. Maybe you should come film it with me. Yeah, dude, I would love to do that. That would be uh that'd be a hell of a lot of fun. I don't know about this. It's I know it's where I see you sweating in the videos, bro. <laughs> I know it's where when when you won that open at the Red River, um, man, pushing back into the backwater the way you the way you worked your your uh your magic, you know, to get back into some of these areas. And not only just Red River, I've I've seen you do it so many times throughout, you know, our relationship and, and through the years. It's been fun to see and watch. And I'm glad all the fans get to watch it, too. And now with all the great coverage everybody's got. Man, Keith, we are going to let you go. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for breaking everything down. We're wishing you the best of luck in 2024, 25 and beyond on the MLF Bass Pro Tour. Bass Edge Nation, y'all stay tuned. I'm going to come back right after this message. Kind of give some of my closing thoughts. Appreciate you being here. Yes, sir. All right. We'll be right back after this message. Nitro, a rush of tournament adrenaline. Nitro, the choice of champion, where performance meets play. 
a big water beast. A pure fishing machine. Nitro, release the champion within. Nobody wants to run out of power when they're on the water. There is a better way. Introducing the Charge Marine Power Management Station from PowerPole that does the work of three devices, a traditional battery charger, a charge on the run, and an emergency start system. PowerPole Charge. What's up, Bass Edge Nation? We're back. Back for our closing segment, man. That was a fun, fun interview with Keith, man. I it was interesting to hear, uh, you know, some of the ways that he's breaking down his decision to stay with the MLF Bass Pro Tour. Um, he has uh, always kind of just done Keith, you know, doesn't listen to a whole lot of outside noise. Um, I, I had a I had a really good conversation with a friend of mine, um, and uh, he was. Uh, had the ability to, to see Takahiro over the last couple of weeks. And, and he talked about uh, Takahiro Amore, uh, previous Bassmaster Classic champion, former Elite Series angler, MLF Bass Pro Tour angler. And uh, he doesn't let a lot of outside noise into his environment also, similar to Keith, and and uh, just kind of makes his own decisions and understands of what he wants to do. And he had some great uh, insights on why he uh, enjoys fishing the MLF Bass Pro Tour, why he thinks uh, it's a it's a successful organization to be associated with, and and um, I feel like Keith is parallel to some of Takahiro's uh, thought process and and just you know desire to do what they feel is best without listening to all the excess noise that's out there on social media youtube all, all these platforms that you hear all this chatter about bass fishing so um that that was very it's always very refreshing love to hear obviously his tips and techniques i gotta tell you you know i, I really kind of exposed one of his uh, lures that he leans on there at the end of the at the end of the year uh, interview that jig head minnow with the with the Berkeley General and um, you know how successful he's been with that bait how versatile that bait is um, I encourage you like I, like I mentioned earlier for everybody to try that that type of technique uh, with you know not just wacky rigging a stick bait, not, you know, Nico rigging it all the time, but try it with a jig head minnow. You can skip it, pitch it, punch it, you know, into brush or whatever all over the place. And it's such, it's such a great, it's, it's great around docks, deep docks. Like Keith mentioned, you know, it just, uh, it's, it's a power quick way to cover uh, water with a plastic bait because of the the lack of action on the worm itself and and how fast you can fish it around uh, obvious cover and cover with your forward facing sonar uh, whether it's brush piles suspended fish uh, you can adjust those weights get the float down in front of the fish so effectively and uh, obviously that's that's the biggest trend in the game right now if uh, if you've got time this winter to get out on the water. Uh, take a peek at some forward-facing sonar, whether it's your unit, maybe your buddy's unit, but get out there, play with it, and um, it, it's a lot of fun. But we can see that Keith isn't going to be changing a whole lot of his uh, 
fishing. Look at how he's attacking fish, you know, in this first part and latter part of December. He's staying shallow, getting in backwater areas, unpressured situations. He mentions even when you maybe don't have optimal conditions, you can still really capitalize in, in shallow water fishing. And he goes back even traditionally in his New Year's Day uh you know, fishing trip with his daughter, throwing spinnerbaits this time of year and, and being very, very successful. Of course, he lives uh, pretty far south, you know, kind of in that Montgomery, Alabama area. He talked about the Alabama River, but all those other Coosa River lakes and in that zone are also very effective. But you can take that from the Ozarks and Texas to Florida into the Carolinas and be very, very successful in the style of fishing during this time of year that Keith um, Keith is successful with. So, y'all, put that in. In your arsenal man put bass edge radio continue to keep this in your arsenal stay with us for every episode man i appreciate you being here for the december one episode reminder subscribe comment below uh go back and listen to the previous episodes that we've had man we do one um, every 15 days or so, but twice a month. And we're going to start having a new segment fire off here in Bass Edge over the next several weeks. But we're going to we're going to get a friend of the program, um, a, another perspective into the Bass Edge conversation about tournament bassing techniques, what's going on in the industry. And we're really excited for that. So so y'all be sure and stay tuned. But uh Man, that's all we've got for this episode of Bass Edge Radio. It's been a great time. December 1 edition. Thanks for being here. We're going to keep studying what the best ways to catch bass and bringing it to you here on the program. Adios, everybody. We'll see you next time. It's been great to have you here on another episode with me at Bass Edge Radio. Take care. <laughs>